0: But second Corinthians if you 're going to look for a theme verse or a text verse for this series we 're going to go right there it 's second Corinthians chapter six verse fourteen through Chapter 7, verse 1, and I'm just gonna break it down. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. And he's talking to the church. Yoke means a closeness or a common fellowship with. That's what yoke means. A lot of times, you know, don't be unequally yoked. And some I used to hear that phrase before I was a Christian or when I first went. What does that mean? I mean, you get an egg and you don't get yoked up, or I, I didn't know what that, but yoke means a, there's a closeness or a common fellowship. You can't remove yourself from all the things that are talking. In this world, How mean, I'm talking about, you know what, but you have to be careful how close you are with those, with those things. And so it goes on for what do do righteousness and wickedness have in common? We know that there's nothing he's showing what he said or what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Bill be- them? I mean, it's just another name of the devil. He said, so what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? He says, what agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? He's just get Paul's just going through all of this for we are the temple of the living God. God doesn't want to live in a church building. He wants to live in you. And so what happens is you are the place where God wants to dwell for every one of us. God wants to dwell in you. Look at your name and say, God wants to dwell in you. And the neighbor you didn't think they needed to dwell in say you too. And so what happens is, as is is, is God said, here's Paul, he's going to quote the Bible in the Bible. How you you like that? In his Old Testament quote, he begins, he says, I will live with them and walk among them and I will be their God. And they will be my people. Therefore, come out from them and be separated, says the Lord. The holy, see, a holy God cannot live in a toxic environment. He just can't. And so what happens is the level for which God is working in your life is based on how close you are to him, how close you are to the world. See, it's how close are you to God and how close are you to the world? You know, you're as close to God as you want to be and you have as much as the world in your life as you want to have in your life. You know, it's like, well, you know, I, I just uh, you know, God does. God saves us. He cleans us up, but it's up to us to be able to maintain that and allow God to do. How many know that God delivers you from yourself? Aren't you glad about that? But then what happens is your holiness is is really up to you how you want to live, how what decisions you want to make. Let's look at it. And with the help of the Holy Spirit it says, touch, no unclean thing. Here's Paul. Keep talking. And I will receive you. I will be a father to you and you will be my sons and daughters, says the, uh, the Lord Almighty. Since we have these promises, dear friends, let's go to says let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body. And spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. Notice in this text, God doesn't do the purifying you do. You see, when you got saved, God did all the purifying he could he could do. And then now we're in a process called sanctification. It's a big word, meaning that we determine how close and how far we are to God and how close we want to be to God. And see, when King David got, got far from God, here's, what, here's some symptoms that he began to say that he had in his own heart. In Psalms chapter 13, it says, how long must I wrestle with my thoughts? How many of have wrestled with your thoughts? I mean, you know, when you woke up this morning, you begin to have a wrestling match. When you get up on Monday morning, you go to work, and you go, there's a wrestling match. that begins to take place in your mind. Do I want to get up? No, no, that's why they have the snooze button. But see, what happens is he says, how long are you going to wrestle with your thoughts? And some of us have thoughts like, you know, should I do this? Shouldn't I do that? Should I go out with them? Shouldn't I go out with them? You know, I mean, I know my pattern when I hang out with those people and how they drag me down. You need to have people that don't drag you down. You need to have people that will encourage you. You need to have people that will pour courage into you instead of discourage you. Discourage means suck the courage right out of you. And when people suck the courage out of it, that's when people deal with depression, oppression. That's when they begin to deal with different things, different kind of thoughts that they have. And we all wrestle with thoughts. How I many of you know we all do? And so, and he says, every, and, and he goes, and every day have sorrow in my heart. He's saying, man, I've been wrestling with these thoughts and, and I'm having sorrow in my heart. My heart's just not at the place it needs to be. You ever had that? I've had that. Well, my heart's just not where it needs to be. And how long will my enemy triumph over me? So if you're wrestling with your thoughts and you have sorrow in your heart, you're a candidate for spiritual detoxation. That means you need to have a little detox. And what does that mean, Pastor Bubba? It means this. Paul Paul begins to echo in Romans chapter 7 when he says this. Paul's speaking about his own wrestling. You know, here's Paul. And what happened, Paul speaking about his own wrestling match and what he's saying, he says, I have the desire to do what is what I have a desire to do what's right, but I have, I don't have the ability to carry it out. You ever have that? Then I want to do what's right. That darn candy bar, you know, or those friends that go out and just do things that they shouldn't be doing. You know, and and what happens, here's Paul, he's wrestling. He's like, man, I I end up doing things I don't want to do, but I want to do the right thing. Anybody ever feel that way? Anybody had that struggle, that wrestling match this week? Okay. But Romans 8, he said, here's the antidote to the... For the to be detox is we when he's describing Romans chapter eight is this, is the prescription and how to have a spiritual detox. Look at what it, so I'm just going to read these few verse Chapter eight, verse five, and I'm going to get right into it. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their mind set on what the nature desires. So they're thinking about the wrong stuff. Everything we do starts with a thought. And as we entertain that thought, and the more we do that, instead of having someone you can talk to, that's what life groups are about. That's what next steps about. That's what, you know, fellowship is about. That all of a sudden you're begin, you can begin every Tuesday, I get together with our pastors and we, we begin to talk about the campus, things that we're doing, personal lives or marriage or kids, the challenges. Why do we do that? Because we, I know that for all of us, we need, we need accountability. We need tent pegs in our life because the winds of adversity are going to blow in our lives, in our marriage, with our children. And listen, listen, women, when when the kids go back to school, you're going, Freedom! But in that freedom, sometimes what happens is you can allow other things to begin to entertain your mind and do things you shouldn't. And guys, you know, there'll be things in your life. And so it's important what you know, you got to be careful that you have tent pegs in your life that can help you. But those who live in accordance with the spirit, listen what it says, have their minds set on what the spirit desires. There's a wrestling match. He's saying there's that match. that's saying You know, there's some things you got to watch your thoughts. They might, you know, I believe this. There's thoughts that wonder, there's thoughts that wander away from God and leave no room for God. And those thoughts end up leading to making decisions that causes us to fall. Or it's called sin. And it leaves no room for God. But there are also thoughts that leave room for God. And that brings us right into his presence. You know, sometimes the re- g- greatest prayer that we can all pray, sometimes to God is this. Help! See, we're looking for all these long, good prayers. You know, you hear Pastor Jamie, Daniel, get up here praying. You go, man, I wish I could pray like that. Man, I wish I could just be that, that, that fluent in my prayer. Listen, the most important thing is God knows your heart. And when you cry out for help, David, one time his enemy Saul was uh, he was on a rock uh, on this mountain. And he was about to I mean, they were surrounding him. Saul and his army were fixing to take him out. And, and he began to cry out. You know, what he cried out. God help. And God sent a messenger to Saul and said, "The Philistines are raiding the place, and they had to leave." And David called that rock called it was called the Rock of Escape, because he just cried out for help. Tell me, you know that sometimes when you see that little have a Rock of Escape, and see what happens? He set their minds. He said, "What's your mind set on? The mind of a sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace." Therefore, brothers, we have an obligation. Look what it says. But it is not to the sinful nature to live according to it. For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. Here's where you need to put your butt. Remember, there's good butts and there's bad butts in the Bible. Here's where you need to put your butt. But if by the spirit you you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. I want to give you three things that will get you out of that rut that maybe you got it's that that wrestling match and i want to give you three things i want you to put in how I many of you know that may be good let's get three things out and let's get three things into your life and i want to help you we get you know we get to test those to see if it works so what i'm going to do i'm not going to ask you to do this i want to give i want you to give me six days say me six days I want you to give me six days to practice these things to take some out and to put some in. So for the next six days, I want you to take three things and put those things in, uh, in and three things out. So here, many of you feel like, you know, so much better without toxins in your life. I know when I do 21 days of prayer and fasting, I remember uh, I fasted and prayed for a long time. I'm not going to give you dates and it's not about all that. But during January, when I fast, I realize I'm. A, when I fast coffee, I feel I've realized I'm addicted because all of a sudden I get headaches. I get irritable. I get a little back pain. Yeah, you know, what I'm talking about some of you. It's with chocolate. See, don't even tip me, Pastor Bubba. You know, but what happens and you get all those. But after five days, I feel good. I feel like I can go bear hunting with a switch when I feel that good. You know what I'm saying? And so what happened is some of you have forgotten how it could be and how you could feel spiritually sound, how you could feel when you're spiritually healthy. Some of you have forgotten what that feels like. And so what happens is the first thing I want you to, the first three things I, you need to learn to do is say when we say starve it, you got to starve these things. Okay? You know what? I I know that some people go, well, you know, I just keep having to, I keep doing this, Pastor, but I don't know why. You know what? The question is, whatever you, here's the thing, whatever you feed your life is what's going to win. Whatever you starve, it will die. Well, I have this habit, starve it. Starve it. See, the first thing I want to talk to you is a word called, that we all deal with, is called doubt. Some of you don't even realize how doubt has gotten into your life. See, doubt is believing what the world thinks about things. See, it gets away from God's reality and it gets us on Earth's reality. It's like this, watching the news. How many of you ever do that? You watch the news and the politics, it talks about murders, racism, culture, ISIL, ISIS, whatever they want to call it. I don't know. Then all of a sudden you go, oh man, did you see? Oh man, I got to get the flag. Oh, ah! We're just not going to make it. The world is going away. But what happens, we forget we, we are the head, not the tail. I'm above, not beneath. The news doesn't dictate who I am and what I become. Unless I feed on that. And what happens is when you watch, when you listen to things, your eye gates, your ear gates, you know, you're hearing me, your mouth gate. We all have gates. Sometimes it's smell gate when you pass it by my mom's house. But see, I will trust what God says. If you're going to fill in the blank, I've got to learn to trust what God says. God to get, I got to get doubt out. What do you mean? Proverbs says this. One of the first scriptures I taught my children to memorize. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not. Listen, on your own understanding. And the Bible says acknowledge him in all your ways. And see, what happens is I've got to learn this. It's like I've got to get doubt out. And so what happens if I don't get doubt out? Here's another thing you got to watch. for. Are you hearing me? I'm in the right church. Any doubters in here? So we get mad at doubting Thomas, but we just as bad sometimes. The second thing is we got to get out of our lives and starve is negativity. How many of you know when you're going through something bad? I mean, you know, oh, my goodness, it looks hot today. Oh, oh, it's going to be so hot. Oh, the rain it's going to rain all week. Golly. Just messing up things, you know. Just get on, in, get on Interstate 10 when they're backed up in Baton Rouge or Lafayette. Talk about get out, get negativity comes out. Yeah, and if I had a punching glove on my front, I would pop him right and my mall right off the side of the highway. If I did, we start sounding like Eeyore. You ever watched, you know, Winnie the Pooh? You know? We, some of us need a Tigger attitude. I mean, I mean, think about it. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, it's like, you know, I mean, it, it, the one thing about a Tigger is, it's, it's wonderful. That's what Tiggers are. Tiggers are are wonderful things. Come on, I'm their tops are made of rubber. Their bottoms are made out of springs. They're bouncy, bouncy, founcy, and bouncy. Fun, fun, fun. But most of the wonderful thing about Tiggers is I'm the only one. I did all right, didn't I? And so what happens is, see, what happens is Winnie the Pooh, you know, uh, you know, all of them, they're all bummed out. E.R. I don't know. We're going to Tigger just shows up. Hey, what's that? I can do it. I'm the best. You know, hey, we're going to go over here. I'm the best. I can do it more. You know what I mean? And sometimes, you know what? You hang around people that are like Eeyore. (laughs) Listen, when I was going through all my medical challenges and the cancer and all those different things, I didn't want Eeyores in my room. I don't need an Eeyore. I need a trigger coming up in the house and going, come on, Pastor Bubba. You're going to get up out of that bed. God's going to heal you. Come on. I'm with you. Oh, Pastor Bubba, you know, I saw the, report, I saw the picture. You're going to die. You don't need people coming to church. Well, I don't know about our Savior's church. You know, I mean, you don't even need the Bible. They just give you notes. I've heard they don't even read the Bible over there. They just give you papers. I go, really? I mean, I mean, it's just if you're looking for something to suck the life out of you, just start being negative. Ne- negativity can pollute your spirit. You know, you know, and see, I will see this is what you need to do. I will think what God thinks. See, Isaiah says you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on who him, him. Yeah. because he trusts. In you. And look, here's another one. I'm just giving it to you. I will say what God says. Ephesians said, don't use foul or abusive language. Oh, Pastor Bubba, don't go there. Mm -hmm. Let everyone, everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear you. Listen to me. Look at me. You know what? We've been in a summertime. It's time to detox. It's time. I mean, you, there's some things we let go. We let loose during the season. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes we get a little slippery with our words or things that we say. And what when, when I'm trying to say is that, you know, can you just try this for six days? Just six days. I'm asking you six days. Stop being doubtful. Stop being negative. I'm just, I'm not asking for a lifetime. I'm asking for six days. Can you do it? Donkeys shake their heads. I need an answer. Can you do it? The third thing is, is the obvious one is sin. What do you mean? Pastor? Anything sinful pollutes our spirit, our spirit man. Sin means you miss the mark. See, when I realize it, sometimes when I'm reading my Bible and I don't understand it or I read it and I, I realize that, man, I'm not I don't have that attitude. I'm not living like that. Then all of a sudden I, miss, I realize I've missed the mark. And what happens is. Why? Why am I missing the mark? Because I'm aiming at the wrong thing. I'm just aiming at the wrong thing. You see, you know, the way to overcome sin is not to try harder, but to aim better. See, oh, I'm not going to do it anymore. No, just, you know what? I got to change my aim. I was with my son, Luke and Cole. They were, they, they squirrel hunt every day. If it's legal or not. If you I'm not giving you my address. They have over 45 squirrels in the freezer. I'm not kidding you. And, and and the other day, yesterday, they came in. Cole and Luke, Dad, you want Cole? Cole comes his friend. He goes, Pastor Bubba, you won't believe the shot Luke made. Man, that squirrel was running. And Pastor, and he was way on that, those trees over there. And he goes, and he shot him, and he hit him, and he fell. I mean, he was like, whoo. He's still glowing over it this morning. Last night before I went to bed, I said, son, there's nothing like the shot of your life. Every man needs that. And sometimes we need the shot of our life. That's memorable. Where we go, you know what? I stopped focusing on this and I changed my aim. One thing about being a hunter is like you have a scope. You better make sure it's on. Because what happens is if, if you go 100, I don't know what's happening. Blah, 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 I don't know. But what happens is, hey, wh- look at me. Okay. If the Lord wants it to go out, it'll go out, but I'll keep preaching. Okay, Here's the thing. Is you got to adjust your aim. See, the definition of insanity is keep doing the same things and expecting different results. And for some of you, you keep aiming the sa- at the same thing and hoping you God's response to sin is just this repent, change your direction. Hello, is that simple enough? So three things we're going to work on for six days to get out of us is number one. What? Come on. Y'all look at your notes. If you don't remember doubt, I'm trying to make it real easy. And then what, what's the next one? Second thing. Negativity. When you walk out the door today, open the door for your wife and she may say thank you. And you go, you're welcome. Come on. The third thing is just sin. There are habits that we we the enemy tries to bombard us with. We all got junk in our trunk. Amen. But it's time to get it out. It's time to do an inventory. So, you know what? I don't want to keep allowing this to be an excuse in my life. I'm going to allow God to begin to change me. But I know that I need to have discipline. And so I will turn. I will turn to what God wants. That's what we're going to do. All right. Say, it with me. See, I'm going to turn to what God wants. So Romans says, do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. How much of God do you want? How many want all of God? Come on. How many of you want all of God? Let's do a, let's do a God vote. The rest of you were wondering. Okay? How many of you want all of God? Come on. Then you got to be willing to give all of you. It's my will being crossed by the will of God. And so what happens is he says he said instead, give yourselves completely to God for you were dead. But now you have new life. You can you can just take the bad stuff out. You know what? You also can put put some nutrients in. If you get the bad stuff out, you put the good stuff in, right? And so that's what I want to do. Let's talk about some good stuff. So if you're gonna do one thing, you gotta starve one thing, and the next thing you gotta feed yourself these things. Say it with me. Say, feed me. Feed me. Isn't it amazing how a little babies go, feed me? Feed <laughs> me. me. I mean, my wife and I have six children. My daughter-in-law is right now in the process of delivering my seventh grandchild. Right now, my wife is about to be in Katy, Texas in about 25, 30 minutes. Because she's been to the birth of all of our grandchildren, except one that had an ice storm in Louisiana. Figure that one. And so she's on her way. There's a new birth. So that you got to feed it. The first, the first thing is you got to feed yourself God's word. God's word. If you're if you're going to believe what God believes, there's only one place you find it. It's called the Bible. It's the Bible. you say Bible. It's a good thing. I mean, you can put it on your phone. You can put it on your iPad. I like when I'm just I like pages when I'm reading my Bible. I just like to fill those pages. I like to write notes in the pages. Clean, You know, it's an old Chinese proverb. Clean Bible, dirty Christian. Dirty Bible, clean Christian. I don't know. So, what happens is, if you're going to believe what God believes, you got to look in the Bible. The Bible reprograms our minds to God's reality. The Bible says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How many of you know we need some... I mean, I mean, you know, we got some stinking thinking sometimes, and because we have that stinking thinking, and sometimes the inner jerk tries to come out of us. Hello, somebody cut you up. I saw them leave church. Are you arguing? Right, me, you going? Oh, this Pastor Jamie. Oh, hi, Jamie. You got to reprogram your mind, and the way you do that is by the Bible. And what happens is it, we serve nothing. We serve a God that's nothing is too difficult, nothing is too is impossible kind of God. Okay? So if you have things that you're struggling with, you're going, well, I don't you know, God is the God of the impossible. God can do anything. How many believe that? See, if you don't believe it, just try it six days. Just try it. Oh, feeding yourself God's word. I'm just asking you six days. Look what Psalm says. Happy are those who reject the advice of evil men. Instead, they find their joy in obeying the law of God. And they study it day and night. I'm just asking for six days. That's all I'm asking. That's all Pastor James is asking. Six days. The worst source of discouragement and doubt comes from the news. I... Here it is. I am. You know what? You need to fill in the blank. That's you. That's your blank. I am. You fill in the blank. You fill it out. Not asking for the rest of your life. I'm just asking for six days. That's all I'm asking. The second thing is, is worship. What do you mean, Pastor? What would it look like if you spent six days not allowing the secular into your mind, but worship? I think you can go on our website and we got worship music all ready for you all these next 21 days. If you go, you can load it down, listen to it on the way here. I I listened to worship. I could have listened to Fox News on my my radio. I could have listened to something else. But you know what? I turned on worship. Why? Because I want to get my mind set. You know what I mean? I don't need, you know, uh, secular music trying to inspire me. You know? What was the biggest I mean you know I mean I grew up in the, when the music when rock and roll was they had the best music. Don't look at me like I'm crazy. I mean I listen to kids now they go, man, they got that. I was I was listening to that when it just came out. How old are you? Old enough to be your daddy. Philippians says this. Philippians four, eight and nine says, fix your thoughts. That's your worship and your music. On what is true. What does it mean? And honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about, think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Then the God of peace will be with you. How many of you want peace in your mind, peace in your heart, peace in your marriage, peace with your children? You know what? Get your mind set on things that will bring that. I want to fill. you know what? I, and I want you to fill in the blank below. What, how are you going to do that? I will, whatever, whatever, you know, you need to do. Maybe you can't fill it in right now, but maybe go back and say, what, what do I need to do? And the last thing this morning is prayer. Prayer. I wish you would do 21 days, but I'm just asking for five this week that you try to make it. You just try to make it six o'clock. You know, come to a prayer meeting. God almost dares you to. He does, you know, because you're sitting here going, I thought about it, but you know, I got the kids, this and that, and I got to work, blah blah blah. Just come. If you can come for ten minutes, fifteen minutes, just come pray. When's the last time you came from corporate prayer? me you know, let me just say this. Last year when we prayed in Jennings, I know this, we believe we began to believe God and renounce things. And uh, and from that meeting, I'm just telling you from that meeting, we're averaging two hundred and like 70 something. Now, last week, they had four hundred forty two in service. You do the math. I mean, we just seen and we think, well, it's because Pastor Bubba it's Pastor Josh or it's Pastor is this or it's that. No. Or it's the worship. It's no, it's God. I've learned this. If you leave room for God, God will show up. And so prayer, God, I mean, in, for this church, I'm believing for breakthrough in this church. How many of you believing for that? Okay. Thank you. Six people. It's breakthrough. What is breakthrough? See, the enemy always wants to try to break us right before the breakthrough happens. The one thing about my pregnant daughter-in-law, she was like, I want this baby now. Because by the time you get nine months pregnant, you can't sleep anywhere. You can't get comfortable anywhere. There's nothing that feels good anywhere. A bag massage. You can have the you know New Orleans Saints jump on your back and give me. It don't help. Why? Because you're just miserable. You're about to deliver. And what happens is same thing in prayer. When you get pregnant. I was saying you got man. This thing got to come out. And some of you need to get impregnated. Even men. Some of you look pregnant, but anyway, just. <laughs> the bottom line is, is it for all of us is that we got to come to the place where God, God do something in me. You see, I will. Is it Bible reading? Is it whatever it is? You know, Chronicle says, this, if my people. My God, divine people. Respond by humbling themselves. Praying. That's what I'm at. Seeking my presence and turning their backs on their wicked lives. I'll be there ready for you. I'll listen from heaven. Forgive their sins and restore their land to hell. You fill in the blank. I will.